This is a Soulfire production. Today's episode is going to get you so pumped up. I am so excited to have my friend Judy Holler on the podcast today. If you don't already know Judy, get ready to fall in love with her. She is an author, a keynote speaker, thought leader, podcaster, improviser, and the creator and CEO of The House of And. Judy is also the host of top-rated podcast, Yes And, which really showcases her professional improv training and uh, She teaches you how to use improv mindset to create a yes and lifestyle, and she focuses on mental health, high-performance habits, and spirituality. Judy has worked with companies like Four Seasons, Marriott, Bank of America, T-Mobile, the Boston Red Sox, the Ritz-Carlton, and more teaching people how to use improv mindset to create success in their lives and how this is a really important life skill. Judy is just like so high vibe, so inspirational. I love this woman so much. And we dive into uh, so many incredible topics in the show. We talk about how to use improv mindset in your life, how to move past fear, how to build a yes and lifestyle, really an abundance mindset lifestyle, Judy's changing relationship with alcohol, how she keeps her vibration so high, what it's like being a professional speaker, and so much more. You guys are going to love Judy. She is truly incredible. Definitely check out her show, Yes And, as well as her book. All of her information is on her website, judyholler.com. And she's on Instagram at judyholler. She is one of my favorite people to follow, to talk to. She's just like so high vibe, so fun. And she has such a unique spin on uh, personal development, business, high performance, really rooted in her professional improv training. And I think it is so helpful, her perspective and so valuable and just makes so much sense to me. And I just love that she is bringing this different conversation to the space. So I know that you are all going to fall in love with Judy as much as I have. She is amazing. And if you enjoy this show, definitely take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Christina, the channel and tag Judy at Judy Holler. We will love to see that you are listening. Let us know what you're enjoying. We always appreciate that share. And I'm sure Judy would love to have you connect with her. And before we jump in, speaking of yes, and I just want to remind you that my brand new course, Abundance Accelerator is available for purchase right now. And I'm running a huge, huge 50% off sale until the end of September. If you are on my email list or you went through the eight day abundance challenge, then you have that big discount code. So if you don't already have that big discount code, then that's where you go to find it. But this course will take you step by step to aligning yourself with the energy of abundance, allowing you to easily effortlessly manifest different forms of abundance in your life. So there are over 18 video lessons that are all self-paced. So you can watch this at your own time. There are journal prompts and action steps that go along with each lesson to help you integrate the content, as well as a powerful 30-minute abundance activation. You will learn how to fully adopt abundance mindset, align yourself with abundance energy, and we'll take deep dives into how to attract abundance in the areas of money, relationships, health, and soul. So if you are ready to attract in abundance effortlessly, check out Abundance Accelerator. You can go to christinathechannel.com slash courses, and you will see the link for Abundance Accelerator right there. It's where you can find all of the info. 
And I cannot wait for you to step into this container. It's going to be so, so powerful. And I just cannot wait to see your results. Again, that's at christinathechannel.com slash courses. All right, let's dive into today's abundant conversation with the queen of yes and herself, the amazing Judy Holler. As the weather has been changing and also I have been traveling a little bit in different climates, I'm paying extra attention to my electrolyte balance, which is something that I keep in mind all the time and truly changed my life. This is why I'm obsessed with Element. These are, in my opinion, the absolute best electrolytes on the market. I drink one packet a day, if not more. For so many reasons, when you're on a whole foods-based diet, a lot of people have random symptoms like cramps, headaches, tiredness, hunger, because their electrolytes aren't balanced, especially if you're low carb, which I am not, but it used to be for a long time. But even now on a higher carb diet, I don't get as much salt from my food naturally. So I definitely want to pay attention to my electrolytes. I'm also pretty active and I do a lot of energy work. And when you're moving a lot of energy, it is so important to stay really, really hydrated. If you've ever had an energy healing session before, you've probably heard your healer tell you to make sure you drink a ton of water. So for me, between channeling and energy work, I have to really, really stay on top of my electrolytes. I drink a ton of water and drinking too much water without paying attention to electrolytes can cause me personally to get headaches or I get edema. My my ankles will get really swollen. And then when you add on my activity on top of that, this is key, key, key for me. What I love is that it tastes incredible and there's none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers no BS, just the way I like it. And I love so many of their flavors. They taste so good. My favorites are the watermelon, the citrus, the raspberry. And a lot of people have been asking me about how I use the chocolate. I actually love to put that in other drinks like my coffee. It tastes so good. There's a reason why Navy SEALs teams, US Olympic teams, NFL teams, NBA teams, tech leaders, and everyday health enthusiasts. There's a reason why they all love Element so much, and it's because it's so good and it makes you feel amazing. And if you haven't already looked into balancing your electrolytes, I wouldn't be surprised if when you start focusing on it, you notice you have more energy, more mental clarity, and just feel better overall, because that is my experience. It gives me a ton of mental clarity, and I just feel so much better and it tastes so good. So if you have not yet tried out Elements, you can try it totally risk-free. You can get an Element sample pack for the cost of just shipping if you go to drinkelement.com CTC, and that is spelled D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash CTC. Each sample pack includes eight packets of elements, two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. And again, you just pay shipping. You can try out all of those flavors. So again, if you want to get your hands on my favorite electrolytes, then head to drinkelement.com, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash C-T-C. I like to start every episode recently with rapid fire questions. Are you down? Ooh. Oh my God. It it feels like improv already. I'm so here for it. (laughs) Yeah. You're so, you're so here for it. Okay. So my first question, I'm actually really curious to hear about this from you. How do you like to start your day? Oh God. (laughs) I am, I am a psycho about my mornings. Um, I want to first begin by offering the disclaimer that 80% of the time I'm really fucking good. And 20% of the time I'm a little naughty and I get off my path and I don't follow my routine, but 
80% of the time, this is how I roll. Um, I wake up uh, and these are like, oh, typical work day, work week. And as entrepreneurs, we can work Monday through Sunday. I try to not work Monday through Sunday, but say we take a typical work week. I get up between six and seven ish, um, slam a coffee. Coffee's typically the first thing I reach for some sort of caffeine, uh, with a little like coconut milk or almond milk. And I use my Nespresso machine and it's this, this like beautiful ritual for me. Um, and that is a trigger for, um, getting the coffee, letting the dogs outside so they can do their business. And then I go right into my office and I'm not working, but I have the crystals. I have a really high vibe. I've been doing a lot of summer jazz, like jazz music. I love jazz. And so there's this really high vibe Spotify summer jazz station. I put it on, light a candle, and I open my Vibe and Thrive Planner, which is a goal-focused planner I created. And I move through uh, my 10 IM power statements, declaring to myself in the morning what it is that I want to be and where it is that I want to go, what I'm grateful for, what I'm excited about, what my three priorities are. I just take a look at my day and then I get out of my office and I will throw the ball with the dogs. I will... Um, make it a pr- maybe read 10 pages of a book. Uh, if I need to get ready for the day, it just depends on my schedule. I'll listen to a podcast, but here's what I want to tell you. Uh, the I am power, power statements are non-negotiable caffeine at this stage of my life, non-negotiable. Um, and not looking at email or social media for at least the first 60 minutes of the day. Uh, is non-negotiable. And I think that has been something that is, has dramatically changed my life. And I would say at this stage in my life, I'm pretty good about not looking at social till like eight or nine in the morning because we got to do business. But then I would say, Christina, that um, email, most days I'm not on it till noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use my mornings for making and my, my afternoons for um, managing my business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm a psycho about my mornings too. And I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize, like the reason why I asked this question is because there are some common themes that you see amongst high achievers. And I mm-hmm. have found, you know, I'm all about maximizing my time and like getting the most of every day. And yes, girl, when I reorganize things, if you just reorganize things and you mm-hmm. shift your focus, you can completely change the way you experience time throughout your day. Right. Just going back to, Hey, if I have my morning without social media, if I do all of my affirmations and have my me time in the morning, the rest of my day is completely different. Same thing with email, right? Because if you start with your day with email, you're going to be on email the whole fucking day and then get nothing done. And it's like, just that reorganization changes everything. And so that's why like some of these questions, you know, like they seem like small things, but they are very telling. Mm. And it's so powerful to really understand the the habits and routines of high achievers. I really believe that. So, and I I, have to tell you, I left out making my bed, even if I'm in a hotel, always Mm -hmm. make the bed. That's another one. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I love studying these habits and you're right. It takes effort. And I find on the days that I don't do it, it's not, you don't get the same version of Judy as you would get on the days that I really do sort of give myself that. And another thing for all of you listening, thinking, oh, easy for her to say, easy for Judy to say, easy for Christina to say, they run their own business. I go into court, I, blah, 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 blah. Number one, you need to remember that email is everyone else's priorities. And the second I realized that, it it set me free because it doesn't mean we don't look at email. It just is a reminder that my priorities are important too. And number two, there was a time 
Christina, you're probably too young to remember this, to prepare your heart. But there was a time that we did not look at email until we got to the actual office because we literally could not look at email until we got to work. And now we have these like sort of slot machines in our pockets. Yo, technology is an incredible servant but it's a terrible master. So it's just about asking, you know, who's the boss? And so these are boundaries that we can set for ourselves and with ourselves at the very beginning of our day, because you're right, Christina, when you own your morning, you own your day. And what happens when you own your day is you own your life. And I think that's what we want. 100%. And that's like, I always use that example when people are like, how come you don't, why didn't you respond? Why didn't you answer my call? Like I didn't answer a call because it wasn't scheduled and I was doing something else. And Good girl. back in the day before, before I was born, right. You wouldn't even be able to get a hold of me. Right. Right. Think about that. That is unbelievable. Like, and we have sort of done this to ourselves and listen, technology can do incredible things, but I also think this lends to a different conversation that maybe we'll explore later, but I think we also have to equally stop boundary shaming other people. And I think women are really bad about this with other women. So when Christina, for example, says, oh, I didn't respond to your call because I literally was doing something else. Like, why are we mad? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like you're mad because I didn't respond to your text in two seconds. I think we need to honor and celebrate mm-hmm. people who are brave enough to set boundaries and to say, no, I can't be there. Ah, mm-hmm. I'm skipping happy hour. Uh, can't take that event. Mm, here's what I cost. Eh, not for me because that is such courage, guts, growth, and a place of true rooted confidence because, um, that's how you really get things done and live life on your terms. Is that easy to do? And does that happen every day? No, but we have to stop shaming other women for doing it right. When, when they are setting those boundaries, we should celebrate it and actually take some notes, uh, because I think we could all use a little bit more of that. Yeah. I mean, I could go off on that. I mean, the people who are shaming, it's because you don't have your own boundaries. Right. But I also think it's like, you know, people will say, wow, like with the boundaries, like I, like that's so brave, but it's like, this is, this is just normal. This is just me. Like I don't want to say yes to everything. Yeah. But even if you're not running a business, you could be your business. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like, you could be just sitting at home doing nothing and you get to have boundaries. Like you don't have to run a business or be a mom or do like, you don't have to do anything to deserve having boundaries, you know? And like, I think we've gotten so like the fact that that is something abnormal, like that should just be normal. Right. I, I, like, I, yes. <laughs> I am screaming it. I'm so with you girl. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes to the boundaries. We're going to get back to that. Okay. Um, but let me move to my next question. This mm. is, this is juicy. Love it. Okay. So okay. what's a product you're really into right now? It could be food, clothes, skincare, a book, um, Anything you're really into, like a physical thing? A physical thing. Um, I would say, well, besides my Nespresso machine, which (laughs) I've already alluded to that I am obsessed with the milk frother and the whole Nespresso vibe. But let me give you, let me give you, um, I will give you a, a be a beauty one. I'm using this new um line called Glymed, G-L-Y-M-E-D for my like mm-hmm. skin and my lotion and my face wash. And it's been amazing. And I have been lost for a little little while in that area using a bunch of different stuff. And I uh pre-pandemic was really good about like 
one of my friends whose dad's a dermatologist would tell me like, basically getting a facial or doing that kind of stuff is not vanity. It's like an oil change, right? You go and get the oil change for your car, like do that stuff for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, and we're camera facing and all this sort of stuff. And so I got off my schedule and just, God, things are kind of crazy. Having a lot of breakouts and stress and probably some dairy reactions, whatever. But I really went back and invested in myself. And I have a monthly routine with this new girl. And she got me on this Glymed system. Uh, and it's so beautiful. And mm. it's working so well. And I'm really happy about that because I felt really lost. And I really don't know what I'm doing in that area. So like, and the lotion smells so good. And so every, and it's all clean and good. And so every morning and night when I wash my face, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm learning like toner. Mm this. Like I have steps. I have a little post-it note on my mirror. on like how to do it. That's how like not good at this I am. So I'm really excited about it because it's I new love that. and I can feel it working. So Glymed, G-L-Y-M-E-D. Okay. Well, your skin looks amazing. Have you gotten a hydrofacial? Oh, love. I'm getting one tomorrow. So good. So the first time I had one, I was like, like, you know, feel your lips. You're like, I'm so plump. Like I've never felt this. It's, it's fucking amazing. Love it. Fucking okay. Right. Amazing. Okay. Next is what's a topic you're really into right now? Like something you're interested in learning about exploring. Um, it could be something totally random. Like, what do you, what do you like listening to podcasts about? What do you like Googling? Like what's, what are you into learning about? Great question. Um, I am currently binging. I've always loved this podcast, Mm -hmm. but now I'm binging it for different reasons, how I built this. Mm. Um, and I've been in the entrepreneurial space for a minute, right? But I really started my business, author, keynote speaker, author, keynote speaker, and then books and and a workbook and a planner. And we teach some courses and I've done some micro coaching and now I podcast and stuff. Um, But I really feel that we're, we're moving into, and I'm shifting into uh, this true entre- entrepreneurial space where we're, we're building out uh, a brand from scratch. It's called the House of And, and uh, it is um, represented by the solo ampersand, uh, which really represents what's possible when you're brave enough to bet on yourself. And in the improv theater, uh, those two words, yes, and are kind of how we improvise, and they've always gone together throughout time. Um, I really think and is the star because, um, you can say yes in life, which is important and still be complacent. I think, and is Batman and yes is Robin, because if you are not brave enough to add something new, to do something different, to open the fucking door, you will remain stuck safe and just the same. So we are creating an education and apparel line that will feature our custom ampersand on apparel and merchandise. Um, And this is something that will live independent of Judy Holler, right? Something that maybe I can sell someday. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I make the joke because, Christina, we have to be stupid enough to think we can do the crazy things in the world. And so I said to the the gentleman from Nike, actually, who's sort of helping me with this. I said, I want to be like the Nike swoosh of personal development. You know what I mean? Like really create this iconic um, representation of possibility and serendipity and what that means. So I am in the weeds on e-commerce and building a brand from scratch and clothing and apparel and designers and all of that. And it's so outside my comfort zone, but I, I'm also equally excited. I'm like a little kid who has a hard time sleeping because, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I'm playing every day, really believing in the work, but also have no clue what I'm doing, but isn't that most days as a business owner, right? Yeah. Just following the breadcrumbs. So that's my obsession, how I built this. I, 
oh, I can't get enough of it. Now I get why people love that podcast because you just pick up so many things and you'd be surprised. You'd listen to an episode and you think, oh, I'll never learn anything from the guys who built MailChimp. And then you're like, oh my God, I would have never known that he had to ask someone to do this. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm at. And that's what I'm obsessing over, building a brand. Oh, I love it. I mean, so much of, I mean, I started my podcast when I was 20 oh. and in college and like so much of how I, I, I learned so much just from all the people I was interviewing, like selfishly, yes. I just wanted, because when you hear about people's stories, you don't have to ask them any questions. You just hear about the story, how I got from wherever I was to here. And you learn so much, but I love this for so many reasons. Like I'm super into the subconscious messaging, like the subliminal programming from all of the words around us. So I really love using this as a powerful tool, right? A lot, a lot of it is inserted maybe for not the best reasons or for marketing that maybe we don't realize or whatever other things, but we won't (laughs) go there. Uh, we'll go there, but using this for our advantage, right? So having words all around, like the post-it notes, just like the books on my shelf, everything being very, very empowering. And it's like, and is, I mean, this is the epitome of abundance mindset, right? Instead of, do I choose this or that? It's this and that, right? And so having and all around you, like even if you're not consciously focusing on it, just having that symbol around you is so expansive and literally like getting that into your subconscious of and, 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 and helping you to naturally shift into abundance mindset without even focusing on it. Right. I'm super into the power of like subliminal words. And like, I just have, I mean, I have this little rock next to me. that says strength. Like I just try and put words that I like all around me. Right. And I think that's important for people to notice is just like, what are the words around you? Because those are sending messages to your subconscious. So love that. And also I can totally relate because I'm, I'm at the stage right now. It feels like I'm a beginner again because I'm building out multiple products. And I talk to you about like my book coming out, but like, it's like this whole other ballpark. And I think that's part of what I love about entrepreneurship though. It's like, you can always find, you know, there's a part, there's another part of the industry that you have never gone into. And for me, building a product like a a DTC company is so incredibly different than coaching that I've done. It's like, I know how to do that. And this, I'm like a baby again, right? But it's so, it's so cool. And so I, I love hearing that because I'm like, I'm in the same boat. I'm just trying to learn about all the products and like manufacturing. And I'm like, this is a whole other- It's insane. Whole other it's thing. a whole nother ball game. So mm-hmm. I am sending you all the energy on that uh, and anything I could do to help say the word. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's so cool. We'll, we'll talk more about it. I'm sure we have a lot that we could, uh, we could relate on over that. Oh but yeah, no doubt. Last thing, last question for this little part. Okay. Do you know your human design type? I know we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Okay. We'll look it up. I'll find out. You're probably a generator. <gasps> you might be a manifesting generator. You're probably a generator, but okay. I can tell you on Enneagram. I'm a seven. Okay. I was going to ask you that you're an Enneagram seven. I totally see that. It's so funny. Um, you remind me a lot of my friend, Angie Lee. Do you know Angie? I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I just DM'd Angie. Well, she, you know, she's got the ampersand on her body. Mm-hmm. She's got that tattoo, right? And so we've always bonded over that and other things. And I was going to speak at her event, Pays to be Brave. Long story short, COVID happened. So we've just sort of stayed in touch. Well, I just get a box of all her new, like, um, she's doing all her new uh, stuff, so, Harmony yeah. for PMS um, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I got a box and I was like, hey, can I share this? And oh, by the way, um, when am I getting an ampersand t-shirt on your body? Cause I cannot <laughs> wait for her to like wear it because she lives that lifestyle too. Yeah. So we are both. Yes. <laughs> yes. We both have that energy that is like, like for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys are very, very sevens. And do you know Keisha Fitzgerald? I, and Keisha's a yeah, seven Keisha's, too. I I'm love like, Keisha. Yes. You guys are all like total sevens. I, I freaking love it. Um, sure. Okay. I love that you know them. That's so funny. Oh. I love it. Yeah, I. That's like how I think of Enneagram Seven. They're like my yeah. reference points. <laughs> uh, so great. Okay. What about your astrology? I'm a Gemini, May thirtieth. Okay, May thirtieth. So that's a, um, your sun. Do you know your your moon, your rising? Shit, I need to learn. This is such a thing I want to get better at this year. Okay, I, and I really want to work with like a spiritual coach. Like mm-hmm. I really want like a motherfucking shaman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Someone to literally help me tap into all that because I know there's so much I'm not putting together. But like I did moon water for the pink moon for the first time. Jessica, I found Jessica and all you guys, right? Mm-hmm. So I get ideas from all the girls in the podcast network. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to put water in a thing. And I'm going <laughs> to see if it lights my crystals up. I'm going to try. But I really am hungry for this. So yeah. I'll take anything you got because maybe it could teach someone else, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll look up all your birth stuff. I'll, I'll give you a little analysis. Uh, not right now, but later. We'll we'll, yeah, later. we'll, we'll do it offline. It'll, off yeah, it'll be it'll Sorry, be great. Guys. Private <laughs> session. It'll be, it'll be great. Private session. Private. But you're like, I mean, you're naturally you're very intuitive, and you oh, yeah. are very aware of it. energy. I feel yeah. things like yeah. always have. Oh, and energy. You know, you probably same. But ever since I was like in grade school, like you know, feeling. Uh, yeah, I just can. And I was a hard thing and a bad thing. Yeah, a little bit. Because now I know how to handle it and I know how to like be brave enough to get myself out of a situation or set a boundary. But I used to just take it on. I would just let it ruin my day. I would let someone ruin an event or ruin a dinner that I was at because their energy was so jacked up. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten more confident in and able to put it in a box now. So I know that if I'm at dinner with someone who I've just met that is sending me an energy that I don't know what it is, either it's uh, angry or jealous or worried or whatever she's carrying, I I know Uh it's got nothing to do with me. Um, But I would dim my light, you know, or I drink more. I would drink, right? And because I'd get nervous. And so, um, you know, so I'm in this place of really resetting myself on a lot of levels because I, I've started to learn and I, I, I began this like alcohol-free journey. I started to learn that every single time I would dim light my light to make someone else more comfortable <laughs> um, or pick up a drink in order to dim this energy and this light um, to be less of something, I was literally telling myself in the universe that I wasn't good enough on my own without said substance. So it became this, I think it got me into, it's a great question and I'll stop talking because I would love to hear what your reaction is to it because it's a beautiful question because I think it caused some early bad habits Mm -hmm. because I would use drugs and alcohol to dim it because I was so uncomfortable. And now I, I light it up and that took some time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I did want to talk to you about your, your journey with alcohol like in your relationship with it and how that's shifted. But it's interesting because a lot of, for anybody listening, like a lot of people who are highly intuitive as, as children develop addictive behaviors, um, you know, as a way to dole everything they're feeling, it's like, yes. it's too much. And when we don't know energetic yes. boundaries, you know, and that, and that can, that show, that can show up in different ways, right? This is why a lot of kids who are very intuitive have depression and anxiety. They feel really low, but they can develop any type of addiction. This can also be in how they treat their bodies, right? So it could be exercise addiction. It could be, um, you know, 
they can be sugar, money, sugar. Yeah. It could be anything, Um, but it's like just something so that they're kind of numbing the feeling or not having to deal with that. It is pretty common for people. And I think what's interesting is, Hmm. um, even like for you with all of the energy you interact with all the time, I mean, being on stage speaking, like that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy that you're picking up on. Like it's, it's exhausting. Right. And then you come and you have so much energy. Like you're, I mean, Right. You're seven. You're such a seven. You're like so bubbly and bright. And it's, it's very fascinating to me. Cause I mean, Angie as well, like she's super sensitive. She's very intuitive. She feels everything, but she's also everything. so bright and bubbly. And I think a lot of people might not even expect or realize how sensitive she is, but she feels yes. everything, you know? Yes. And so, yeah, I'm like curious about how, how you balance that because there are a lot of, especially when you're a speaker, I mean, it's so, it's so intense. A lot of people plug into you without, you know, meaning to, and we don't always realize how many people are plugging into us. It's a lot of people that we're interacting with energetically. And so I'm just curious, like how, how you manage all that and still show up so, so bright and bubbly and energetic. What a big question. What a powerful question. So, um, I think that's one of the, the misnomers about maybe a seven or someone who vibrates really high is that we're extreme extroverts, right? Um, I'm a bit more of an ambivert where I get my energy from being around people. Absolutely. But I, I really get my energy from the quiet, right. Mm -hmm. From the alone time. I am such a homebody. My husband is the opposite. He will make friends with talk to cab drivers. He talks to everybody. He is such a happy friend. Not that I'm not happy, but he is so to the point where I'm like, I am good. Like I, yeah. do we have to talk to everybody that is here right now? But so uh, you kind of end up marrying your opposite. And I think that's a good thing, right? Because I don't want to marry myself. I digress how I protect my energy. I have a big event on. So let me give you a perfect, very timely example. On Sunday, 3000 people, Cincinnati Convention Center, big keynote. I speak, I close out on Sunday, 1030 AM. I do, first of all, I'm preparing now for that. Mm -hmm. So keeping my body really clean, watching dairy, not drinking, not partaking, not doing any of the things to stay really clean, watching sugar a little bit, because that leads to depression and anxiety for me. So thinking mindfully about the conversations I'm having this week, the appointments that are on my calendar, because all this, you know, all that day before event. So I'm speaking on a weekend, whether it's during the week or whatever day before the event, I'll get in. There's always buffer time. I never make plans the night before a talk. Um, I will have a grandma dinner at four o'clock with Amanda on my team. I never, never, even when I'm not on an alcohol-free journey, I will never drink the night before a talk. My planners, people want to take me out to dinner. Never will I drink. Um, I'm using that day to reset, run through final rehearsals, take a bath, use the crystals, do whatever I need to do. And I'm alone, alone, alone. I will run my final rehearsal on Saturday, Sunday morning. When I get up, I'll have a lot of water, hot lemon water. I will of course have a coffee. I eat a very, very super light breakfast and I don't look at the talk. I let it go. Let it be. I will not look at email. I don't get into my DMS. Um, because if you see one thing, that pisses you off or jacks you up, it's going to affect your vibe on that stage. So I stay out of the weeds. Um, I don't answer phone calls. I, you know, it's at 1030. So I've got the morning. So I just try to manage all the, as much as I can manage. Um, so looking at email and social could trigger something. So why do it? I move my body. I'll get up and sweat Sunday morning. I do. I bring post-it notes with me. Um, so I'll put like 
love notes to myself on the mirror. Like you're going to get a standing ovation, girl. You were born for this. You're the shit, whatever I say to myself. Um, and then right, like, then we go over to the convention center right before talk. I do three things before I get on any stage. I, um, power pose for two minutes. Like I will stand backstage in a green room and like stand in my superwoman. And I just literally think I just dress rehearse success, dress rehearse what I want up there. Um, and I've been speaking for years, a decade, and I still do this. Like it's my first fucking talk. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, I play always. It's kind of a tradition now, uh, unstoppable by Sia. It just vibes me the fuck up. I put it in my AirPods and I just jam. Right. And then number three, I tell myself, I love myself. Because no matter what happens up there, no matter what happens out there, it's not about me. It's about the person that is meant to receive that gift. And I am living my dream and I am doing the work I want to be doing. What a gift. And when I get off the stage, whether I fall off it or drop the mic in a good way, I've got people at home that love me. I've got a dog that'll snuggle me. I've got a community of people that love me. And no one else's opinions of me will ever define how I feel about myself at the end of the day. I'm not co codependent on it anymore. So I, I, I love myself right before I go. I'm like, I love you. Right. Thank you universe. And I love you. And then I get on stage and do the work. And then after the talk, there's usually a meet and greet or people want to take selfies, do whatever it's COVID now. So things are kind of weird. Um, but then Christina post talk, it is, <laughs> I can't function for a while. It takes me a minute. Like I, it, I, I, it is especially big events. I mean, it at least 24 hours to recoup. Um, I will sleep like a baby. I sleep like a baby because my energy is so high vibe and sometimes I get a headache. So I drink a lot of water, but, um, yeah, I have to, I have to disappear. I'm not going to like hang out and go to lunch with about a lot of people after a talk. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like 24 hours is a pretty quick turnaround. I was expecting Even like, that, yeah, I can't yeah. talk to people for like a couple of weeks, like, yeah. especially after big events, you know, I feel like if that was me, I would be like just hermiting hardcore for multiple weeks before and after. So I feel like- I wish I could. Yeah. Sometimes I have to get back on the saddle on Monday. So mm -hmm. I always leave a buffer. You know, we leave buffers. So if I'm traveling, we always get in the night prior. So it's not like, so the most I've ever had in a week was four talks, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I tried it and that's like in every other day-ish. And that is, woo, girl, yeah. that is a lot to recover from. So yeah, it-, it and I've also built a threshold um, and I know how to recover salt, bass, um, you know, green juices, movement, good friends, um, eye masks, essential oils. I travel with a candle, soul Love CBD. It. Like I literally bring it all on the road with me. I, I do not. My night routine is as high vibe as my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And when I go on the road, it's even more important. A lot of people use travels an excuse to be like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to like roll with it. For me, that is time. I do the work here at home mm -hmm. to prepare for the energy it takes to be on the road. And mm -hmm. so whether you're speaking to 10 people or 10,000 people, you know, what are those rituals you have to honor yourself? Are you getting that quiet time before you step out onto stage? And most importantly, are you removing the distractions? You know, put down your email. Um, if you need to be on your phone because you're nervous, you know, keep it in airplane mode and record yourself and then post them after. That's another thing I do. Like, so I will post all kinds of stuff of me backstage and then it's all in airplane mode and I save it. And then when I'm off stage or out of the hotel, because I don't need people coming to find me, right? That could be dangerous as a girl traveling by herself. I post on my Uber on the way home or the night in bed, uh, you know, everything from that day um, just to keep me safe and in the moment. Yeah, totally. Well, 
Did you always know that you wanted to like be on stage, be an author? Was that a, was that a childhood dream? Being an author? Hell no, never in a million (laughs) years. And transparently, the only reason I wrote a book is because all the friends that were speaking on the big stages had books and everybody's like, dude, it's the best business card on the planet. You got to write a book. And I kind of knew I had a book inside of me. And now I'm so glad I freaking did it because I was so scared to do it. But I mean, I was the kid. Yes, I think I was born for this. I never thought I'm like going to be a professional speaker. But from a young age, I was the kid who didn't do sports. I did. I have my little ribbons. I still keep them here in my office. Um, Visual reminders, visual cues that the universe is always tapping you on your shoulder. But I have these ribbons. I was a speech meet nerd. So I would memorize monologues and travel throughout Missouri in the region and go perform said monologues to an audience of strangers. And I'd win gold and blue ribbons. I'd tell stories and I would get, I would get people like leaning on the edge of their chairs and I'm in freaking grade school. And I remember my dad being like, where did you like come from? Like super introverted dad. And he'd go with me everywhere. And you know, my mom's not really in the picture. So, you know, he was just like my biggest fan. And so I go to like school for radio television and think, oh, I'm going to be on MTV. I'm going to be like a VJ or, oh no, maybe I'll be Katie Couric or on the news. So glad I didn't do that. Um, and then nine <laughs> oh, 11 happens, God. right? Right. Nine 11 <laughs> happens when I graduate college and nothing happens. So I'm bartending, running a bar, running a bar. A friend tells me about an organization called meeting professionals international. And I'm like, wait, hotels are more than just hotel rooms. They're like, yeah, they have events departments and sales departments. I get into that industry, start filming myself at events. And, you know, again, ampersanding, you can kick mm-hmm. the lid off of any box that you're in, right? Even when I was bartending, I'm like, I'm going to run this bar like a freaking million dollar CEO. I'm going to be the Friday night girl, baby, right? Yes. And so it's ampersand, ampersand, add, add. And um, that industry, the meetings industry allowed me to present in sales and storytell. And I started filming myself. And then all of a sudden I started taking an improv at Second City. And I was like, yo, I got to tell people about this. So I started asking my boss if I could lead sales meetings and sit on panels and write articles. I did it all for free for years. Mm. And then all of a sudden people are like, knock, knock, knock. Dude, you got to come to our organization and give that speech. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we'll pay you like 4,000, 3,000, 1,000, 7,000, whatever. And I was like, money? So I used all my vacation days until I couldn't anymore. And my boss sat me down in April of 2016 and said, you got to choose. You got to choose the speaking and the blogging and the writing, or you got to choose us. And I said, well, I do not choose you. And the rest <laughs> is history. And that was at there, the Rose Chicago. Yeah. In April, and I was, I was on my own July 1st, 2016. And I had kind of known it was coming, Christina. So I was saving money and all that. But I think this is my life contract. This is my, one of my favorite life contracts, right? I really think I was put on this planet to orate and to teach and to Mm -hmm. speak. I think it's my gift. And so when I started my business, I went all in on that strength. I started a speaking business Mm -hmm. and now we're adding new arms of the business. So I tell anyone listening that story, because if you have something on your heart, right, if you're, if you're wanting to create something first, go all in on your strength. The one thing you get complimented on over and over again, the one thing everybody says about you, the one thing you feel like you do better than everybody, start there and then iterate and then add ampersand new things to it, right? But I think it's always been destiny for me, Christina. Um, It just was a weird journey to get there. 
I wouldn't say weird. I think it seems to have been very clear from the get-go. It's like, of course, this is your, your soul mission, right? Your purpose. And it's so yeah. clear that you're living it. Like you're so lit up, like you're just riding the vibe. I'm, I'm sure people are wondering though, like, did any, what did anything pop up for you? Cause you seem so confident. Like, and I feel like a lot of people who step into the space, they, they face the, the, the fear of visibility, that level of visibility, like imposter syndrome, maybe, you know, doubt, like, did any of that pop up for you on the journey? Or were you just so like committed to it that you're like, I'm just, I'm just going forward. Oh my God. Every single day mm-hmm. I am already Papping myself up for freaking Sunday, right? Yeah. Like, yes, I feel like an imposter most days. Mm. I feel someone posted on Facebook um, yesterday. It was really funny. It was in a group. It was like, okay, if you could be, if you could would get a, if okay, insert blank, if you could get a gold medal in any sport, like a, a life sport, I'm not doing it right, but like, what would it be? Like, what's the one thing you would get a gold medal in, like without a doubt? Um, as it relates to your life. And I was like, oh, beating myself up and thinking like an imposter, I get a gold medal in that. This is why I do the work. Hmm. This is why I do the work every morning because I am a student. I am going, I, this is my book. I wrote this book because I wish it's a book that I had when I was 20 years old. So I am it too. Um, someone once told me, if you want to know what keeps the person you follow or like up at night, go read their work. And I write a lot about self-doubt and imposter syndrome and mental health and mental wealth because I am a student of that work. So again, this is why all the high vibe work we do on the front end and back end of a speech sets us up for success on stage. But the other thing that I think really helps me is knowing that people worry about judgment and uh, being made fun of or offending someone or whatever. And the reality is this, people already are judging you. (laughs) People are already not liking you. People are already making fun of you. So the question is who you live in your life for, you or everybody else. And if you are not rattling a cage, you're probably not doing it right. If you could fail, you are doing it right. If you are afraid, Congratulations. Welcome to the party. You are doing it right. And if you have different problems today, right now, than you had yesterday, three weeks ago, three months ago, three years ago, congratulations. You're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so I look at my fear and I say, thank you. Thank you for keeping me alive. Thank you for not letting me get on the elevator with that creepy ass dude that was at my hotel. Thank you for uh, the blessing of keeping myself safe when I travel. But right now, I'm the boss. And I need you to go sit down in the front row of this talk so I can go make it happen, right? And you can stand up when I'm done and give me a standing ovation. But this is my show, right? This is my show. And I literally talk to it like a freaking crazy person. And, Mm -hmm. And that's how I get it out. I mean, listen. Fear and excitement are the same two emotions, right? And so we can Jedi mind trick our fear. Instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so afraid. I'm so nervous. I feel like I'm going to poop my pants. Oh my God, this is awful. I'm sweating. Can we, can we flip the script and be like, aha, oh my God, I'm so excited. And I'm, I'm, imposter syndrome isn't here. I'm here. I've arrived. Because if imposter syndrome has arrived, it means you know you're ready for more and that you believe you're worthy of more. And so I just kind of 
work to flip it on its head. And the more you do this, the better it gets. So the confident Judy you see now is a result of a lot, a lot of work and a lot of evidence of success. Like I've proven to myself that I can do it. This is why we have to run the reps. Mm. You have to go do brave things. You can't do one brave thing and think you've got it figured out. You have to keep recording the podcast. You have to keep sitting down at the desk. You have to keep moving. You like just have to keep going. That's the thing that a lot of people don't want to do. No, I, I love that you said that because I think that's the biggest thing that comes up for me in this conversation, because people will ask me, how do you get out of imposter syndrome? Or how do you like stop being afraid to do? And I'm like, well, here's my perspective. Yeah. My, I'm like, I just choose to do something different. Like I decide I go past it. Like the like fear can be there, but it's like, I'm just going to decide something different. And I think mm. a lot of people are waiting for some huge revelation or some big process. And it's like, at some point you have to just decide to do something else. Okay. Right. Like that, it's that it can be that simple. You know, it's like, just choose, mm-hmm. do something different. And uh, you know, I, I hate, I hate to break it to people, but, uh, that's kind of what it comes down to because you can sit in your fear for years and never take any action and wait for this moment where you're not afraid, or you just do what you want to do and you push past the fear and you get it done. And so many go. people do. And yeah. so many people do. My favorite two words you just said, I decide. I mean, that is, I want, I'm going to write that down. That's my favorite thing um, from our talk so far, because I needed to hear that. And that is really what we're building inside the house of Anne. That's what the ampersand represents to me. This notion that I get to decide what happens next. Mm -hmm. Things are going to happen that are outside of my control. Sure. People are going to leave you. We're going to lose people. We love economies are going to crash. Pandemics may happen. Companies will fire you. Mm-hmm. But what can you control? What happens next? Right? You decide. I decide. So that's going to be one of my new words in my office, by the way. Words, Love it. two words. Yeah. Love it. Well, with, that with, that, with that, I, I want to ask you about like, you know, you definitely had to kind of go through that pivot of having most of your income being off of speaking, right? And then, yeah. you know, everything happened in the world. So uh, what was that like for you making that pivot? Like what, what was the plan? How did you feel? Cause I know a lot of people struggle with that. And a lot of people felt like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? And mm-hmm. then there are other people who took advantage of it and like, okay, I'm, this is a situation. How do I pivot? It's actually to my advantage. So mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you? Yeah. The, the great pivot, um, you know, as an improviser, we like to say, ah, oh, we weren't pivoting. We were improvising, but aren't you always like, none of us have a script and anything can happen at any time. And we have been talking about that in the improv theater throughout the history of time has been teaching that, you know, I just think the global pandemic really woke people up to the fact that nobody is in control. Nobody's in control. So luckily pre-pandemic, we had been thinking very seriously about how to diversify my business because um, I knew I didn't pass the bus test. Meaning if I got hit by a bus, would I still have a business, (laughs) right? Like meaning I am the only one that can put revenue into this business. And that was pretty scary. So uh, pre-COVID, I mean, 80%, 85% of my revenues were from keynote speaking. About 15% would be book royalties and think books that were booked books that were bought direct from clients. And you know, writing a book isn't a super high profit margin business. Um, it all depends on the deal you you create for yourself, but um, it's really a business card. So my money was coming from speaking. So we had been having conversations about what can we do to diversify. So um COVID just gave me some time to to bring those to reality but 
we run our business in a way that allows us, we have great contracts in place. Um, I was lucky that a lot of my business, I collect deposits on all my work, which is great. And they are non-refundable. Um, we worked with all of our clients to apply uh, that to future booked events, replaced events. So I was out future money, you know, but I wasn't out money that mm -hmm. was, was in. Um, and I, you know, always pay myself first. I learned that, um, always have a nest egg, always have a holy shit fund. And Oh my God, what am I going to do fun? So we had that. Um, my husband also lost his job throughout all this, what everybody needs to know too. I mean, he just, he's three weeks with a new job. He was furloughed for over 10 months. He's wow. also in the live events business, but in a different role, um, now with American express express global meetings, but, um, he was displaced. So it was a very scary time. And I was able to use my reserves. I was able to take the time. We had great clients. We have beautiful contracts. So protect your business. Have people that are helping you protect your business. Save money. Pay yourself first. Um, because it's not a matter of when it's going to happen. Or if it's going to happen, it's going to be when it's going to happen, right? So uh, luckily, I had that. And then we went to work. I put out a workbook. And I finally brought one of my biggest dreams to life, which would have probably never happened without COVID, which is my goal-focused planner, the Vibe and Thrive Planner. And that whole community taught some masterclasses, learned the world of virtual. And a lot of our clients were able to do events virtually. So while I was not collecting my live keynote speaking fee and my fees were being really reduced by 50%, I was still speaking. So mm -hmm. there were a couple of months that were weird, but can I tell you something? It's very serendipitous. So before COVID, I knew I had to diversify. I was running on all cylinders. We were scaling this huge speaking business and you know all this stuff was happening. And I said to Amanda, I go, summer 2020, and I wrote it in my vision board, not vision, but like my planner that has all my goals for the year. Um, I said, I'm going to take a summer hiatus. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take three months and I am just going to be Jessica's wife, right? Simply be. And then the pandemic happens and it happened. So we energetically, I'd kind of, I feel so blessed. I had been kind of preparing for it mm -hmm. because I knew I wanted to take that summer off and I was hoping. So I really took the summer off. And so then by the time the fall came around, people were kind of, okay, here's what the pandemic is going to be. And virtual people were like, fuck it, we're doing Zoom meetings. And we just started cranking and putting all of our events on Zoom. I'd host my own events, started coaching people, um, trying that out. And so just got scrappy and resourceful, lived off the reserves and um, was able to take that hiatus and bring to life some projects that became um, just life-changing. And now here we are building the house of and, and all of that is because um, of COVID. So it's all about perspective. It, it is. Well, it's funny how that all worked out. Um, my friend said it really well the other day. She goes, you know, sometimes you just have to be careful about what you say to the universe because it'll slap you in the face with it. But a lot of my, you know, a lot of my clients at the time were just like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And then COVID hits and it's like, well, you got all this time. Now what are you going to do? Right. So it's like, what were you wishing for? What were you wishing for as a collective on some level of like, there are a lot of people that feel burnt out and overwhelmed. And it's like, okay, well now you have this thing that happened and it probably wasn't in the way that you hoped for or expected, but what do you have with this? Maybe there is yeah. time to slow down. Maybe there is time to focus on yourself. All of these things that you wished that you had time to do or explore, like now could you do them? Right. And th that's the other side of it too. Right. So just goes oh back to with 
you know, how the universe will deliver things. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. Be careful what you ask for. Cause you may get it in bigger ways than you can even imagine because there's always a plan. And I heard on how I built this, by the way, um, it was a panel and the CEO of Delta said this to one of the panelists on that podcast. Let's hope we never get too busy again that we don't have the space to reflect, right? This notion that, you know, we live in this world of extreme chaos and we wear this, this, this badge of crazy busy as like a badge of honor. Someone asks you how you are. Oh my God, I'm good. I am crazy, girl. I am just crazy busy. I am crazy. That's like a red flag. <laughs> Shame on you, right? Like, so let's hope that we never get too busy again, that we don't take the space to reflect. And this trauma that we've all just walked through forced us, forced a lot of people to look at demons and relationships and things and businesses and family members, things they have been numbing with whatever addiction it is that has entered their life. Uh, we, the, the world just cleared space for all of us. And some of us have chosen to take that and rise up. And some of us who don't think in that capacity or have the, the heart space to think that way have remained a victim to it. And my biggest takeaway from, from the trauma of the pandemic was just perspective. You know, again, I decide mm. I'm going to happen to this. It's not going to happen to me. I'm going to happen to it. I'm going to happen to this diagnosis. I'm going to happen to this failed marriage. I'm going to happen to the global, you know, like that is, that is not an easy shift, but that's the shift I'm obsessed with because then I'm, I'm in as much control as I can be of what mm -hmm. happens next. Yeah. I mean, I think for people who are like deep in it, it's, it's hard. Cause like, I'm so deep in it. How do I take that perspective? But I think this comes back to like, I would love for you to talk more about how your improv training has influenced your perspective on, on fear, on anxiety, you know, because I think it. that it's such an interesting angle. And when I've heard you talk about this before, I'm like, well, it makes so much fucking sense. It's exactly what you said we're all improvising. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you can like learn that as a skill, <laughs> that's really setting us yeah. up quite well in life. But I would love to hear more about like how that played out for you, like with that improv training and how you start to apply that to your daily life. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, and everybody's trauma is going to look different and, um, it's, it's about movement. So there are a couple big things in the improv theater that I think have sort of rattled my cage the most, uh, specifically as it relates to dealing with trauma or navigating social and, and mental anxiety and all of the good stuff that I have walked through just like everybody else. And that I'm walking through number one is movement improv theater. The notion of saying yes. And is forward momentum. We say yes to the other improviser on stage. Yes, I see you. Yes, I hear you. Yes, I get you. Yes, I receive what you just said. And I'm going to add something new. I'm going to heighten and explore and pour a little possibility on top of this, right? And so um, that framework can help you keep moving. And if there's one thing that fear doesn't want us to do is move because when you move, you change. And when you change, you grow. And when you grow, you may not need your fear anymore. So if we know that the antidote to fear is, is, is movement, like if we know fear hates when you move, then the antidote is to move, just keep moving. Uh, 
I have even used yes and to say no. Yes, I'd love to stay an extra day at this event and facilitate a breakout. And here's what it's going to cost, right? So we can use it and apply boundaries. That's number one. Number two, no mistakes, only gifts. Um, One of the biggest things I learned uh, equally in the improv theater is that it was one of the first places I could go. Remember, I was in corporate America by day and by night. in improv. So by day, I'm being told to like, you know, be yourself, but copy us first or do whatever you want with the presentation, but run your slides by the CEO or put on your blazer. Where's your pantyhose? Like all this stuff, right? Or no, 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 Robotville. And all that's great. But then I go to improv at night and, and literally they'd be like, one of our instructors literally would say to us before every show, guys, circle in. I want you guys to go out there tonight and I want you to fuck this up so bad. I want you to fail so hard. I want you to embarrass yourselves. And I'm like, what? Like reboot, reboot, reboot. The robot didn't know what to do with that because I had never been given the permission to go fuck it up. And every single time we failed on stage is 99% of the time we'd get the most laughter because then all of a sudden we became really relatable to everyone in that audience who thinks we're like these magicians. Well, really all we're doing is being brave enough to play, being brave enough to look stupid. And we, we get the most laughter in those relatable moments. It's when we're trying too hard that people feel it, this doesn't, you know what I mean? You know, these people in life, they're like too poly, pretty perfect. It's like, okay, that shit ain't going to work. So no mistakes, only gifts, right? It's this notion of, okay, I just hired a, a company that screwed me over. All right. That was a mistake. What's the gift, right? And so I started in corporate throwing mistake parties and celebrating what it looked like to try new things and fail instead of getting people in a room and having a really disempowering meeting about said failure, right? So um, that was a, a big one. And then last but not least, and I really think this is my um, core, like my biggest entrepreneurial, this is how I'm able to do literally everything that I'm doing in my business and keep doing things even when they don't work out. Um, I am not afraid to look stupid. Mm-hmm. I think there is so much, this is an Amy Poehler. I think it's an Amy Poehler quote. Like there is so much power in looking silly mm-hmm. and not caring that you do. And this allows you to move faster than other people. So improv taught me to keep moving. I may not get it right. I may fail here. I may be brokenhearted. I may be broke. I may be addicted. I may be depressed. But I know I can try something new. So every day it's like adding something new. How can I remix something? How can I try something new. You know, we call these fear experiments, right? These notions of just um, experimenting with your fear every day on purpose. So those are sort of my, my big, I mean, there are so many lessons in the improv theater, but those are the three I think come through for me time and time again with the ampersand, the and always Mm. being the star, because without that, you won't move. I love that so much. There's so much value in that for people listening. And it reminds me a lot of one of the like simplest tools that helped me get out of a lot of my anxiety uh, from when I was younger was at a certain point I had just decided, I remember just sitting down, I was in college and I was like, I'm just going to decide that every day I'm going to do something that I already know I'm not good at. And I'm not going to be good at just so I build the muscle of I'm used to not being good at it. And then I stopped giving a shit if I was good at it or not, because I used to, I wasn't even realizing it, that I would only want to do things that I thought I would be the best at. 
because I didn't want people to judge me. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to choose to do things where I'm already owning. Oh, I'm not good at this. It's new for me. I'm not going to be good at it. And then I built that muscle and then I like stopped giving shit about it anymore. So every time you do that, you empower other people watching you to go do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of it. Like you have this opportunity every day to be like a courage role model, a fear role model. Uh, Like I'm not afraid to fuck it up role model. Because when I see you love yourself, it makes me want to. When I see you mess up an Instagram reel. I'm like, yeah, girl, like, let's go. Right. Like, not that you have Christina, but you get my point. Like, I just love to see people out there trying. And when I see someone trying something new, it reminds me Mm -hmm. I can go. One of my favorite, favorite people of all time to follow on Instagram is Sarah Blakely, the CEO Mm -hmm. of Spanx, because she brings play into the boardroom. She is not afraid to look messy, to like not wear makeup, to pick her kids up in her pajamas. Um, and she is Bill and she she has built a billion dollar brand off of being exactly who she is. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. And I'm just such a fan. And she grew up with her dad going around the kitchen table. And she famously tells a story from any keynote stage. She she grew up with a dad who was like, "All right, we're gonna go around the table, and everybody's gonna. How did you fail today? How did you?" What, what, what went wrong today? Oh, well, Bobby broke up with me or, oh my God, Johnny didn't ask me out or I didn't make cheerleading. And they would, instead of being like, oh honey, I'm so sorry. They would go, woohoo, baby. They'd throw confetti. They'd celebrate it. They'd talk about what they learned. She grew up in the no mistakes, only gifts mindset, right? Think about that. Well, no wonder she has a billion dollar company. You know what I mean? No wonder you feel relatable because you've walked through it. And so I think if we could have more conversations like this with our families and our teams and our people, we will um, lessen the aversion to fear and encourage more confidence in looking silly and doing it anyway. Oh, totally. Well, I also think, you know, sometimes when people are so deep in this fear, I'm like, who who do you think is going to make fun of you? Because I'll speak from the entrepreneurship angle. I've never met somebody who is an entrepreneur who has this huge business who has ever laughed at a new entrepreneur, like trying something on other business. Like exactly. nobody does that. Like nobody, nobody laughs. Like nobody makes fun of you. People just want to support you. No one right? on the field. Yeah. No one on the field is laughing. Only the exactly. ones in the seats, the cheap seats. Exactly. It's like, so who, who are you worried about? Like people only like celebrate successful people only celebrate people who are trying, but that, yep. they only celebrate them. So I, there's something to that. I mean, there have been people in my life, especially earlier on, like in my business, who had a lot of shitty things to say. And those were not the people that I really gave a shit about their opinions. Bye. right? And, and they also Bye. weren't the people that were doing the same thing as me. And I was actually so pleasantly surprised by like the entrepreneurship space and everybody I was meeting in that space, everybody was so loving and welcoming and just wanted to support each other. And nobody like was judging anybody. It was, it was really interesting. I mean, that was my experience when I first entered the space and I know there are all kinds of people out there, but yeah. you know, it can be a check on who's around you for sure. So good. So good. Energy begets energy. <sighs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think, <sighs> I just hope that people really internalize this and like feel this because it goes back to what we were saying before. Like you just have to choose something different. And sometimes when we just, you just face the fear and you realize what is this really? Mm. Who's deciding here? Yeah. And you don't have to keep living in, in that same energy, which couldn't agree more. I do like, as we hit the end here, I don't want to end this conversation without talking about your alcohol free journey. Mm. Um, I haven't really talked about alcohol much on the show, but I think my listeners do know, like I, I 
stopped drinking. I stopped drinking when I was 20. Um, and I haven't, I had one drink since I'm 26 now. Um, I had growing, I I just, I, I had a rough situation with it before. Um, and also at the same time I had hit a lot of health issues. So for multiple reasons, I just stopped. Um, but I haven't really talked about it other than that. And I'm curious, like what, what's, can you just explain a little bit about your, your relationship with alcohol and kind of what's led to your journey now? Yeah. So I'm kind of calling it the great reset. Um, and it's funny because we just put a podcast episode out today. We have a a series inside my podcast called gin and juiced. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a monthly series with Amanda on my team who is literally deep in recovery from drugs and alcohol, seven years sober, very different than choosing to be alcohol free. Right. So she, has to be right. Mm-hmm. She's it's, so we have these interesting conversations every month. And I, um, the pandemic caused really the great reset because some of those, I mean, I was a career bartender, party girl, like that was just sort of remember me dimming my light a little bit, you know, and, and every time you drink, you're sort of telling the universe that you're not beautiful enough, not pretty enough, not funny enough, not smart enough without it. And so what a low vibration activity it really is to begin with. And I started empowering myself, um, really leading up to what happened with COVID. I was reading and learning from a lot of spiritual healers and leaders. I came into the Soul Fire Network. I started connecting with people who were doing big things. And what I was finding, the common thread was, as you think about routines and habits, 90% of these people don't drink. And if they do, the 10% that do, it is rare. It is on their terms. And it's only when it's a really high vibrational choice, right? Maybe it's a glass of champagne on an anniversary or at a book launch or whatever, right? Um, and I found that really interesting. So I um, started watching some of those old habits creep back up during COVID. Uh, I was at home all the time with a bunch of people and everybody was drinking. We were all drinking and everybody was drinking. And then turned into like drink here, then a drink there. Then all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I drink, I'm drinking every day. Like I'm pretty much drinking every day. Maybe it's one drink, maybe it's two drinks, maybe it's seven drinks, but I'm drinking every day. And I can't remember the last time I haven't had a drink. Mm-hmm. I was losing my hair. I was breaking out. I had an extra 25 pounds on me. I couldn't get rid of. I was irritable. Um, I didn't really feel very sexual anymore. And I feel like it really truly was slowly sucking the life out of me. And so in December, my husband had knee surgery, December of 2020. And he was prepping for that. And he is just is stopped really things. He was in so much pain pre-surgery that nobody was really drinking. It was a weird December. And so I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop drinking. I had like two drinks in December, which was insane for me. I would do these like dry Januaries and sober Octobers, which, oh, by the way, someone who doesn't have a problem with alcohol would never do that. So if you do those, you obviously know you need to look at your relationship with alcohol because someone who doesn't have a problem would not do sober October or dry January. That's a whole nother story. But I said, um, I'm going to just do a dry, I'm going to take this Kiko and do a dry January. That felt so good. And then I was like, ooh, let's go 60 days. The world was still weird. I had nowhere to go. So it was a little easy at that time. Let's go 60 days. It felt so good. Then 90 days. Oh my God, I feel so good. Okay, girl, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a year because I can't just do anything small. I'm like, I'm gonna go a whole year without alcohol. And I 
I have done that. I did on the 202nd day. We just did a podcast about this. I had a drink with my girlfriends mm-hmm. and it was me. I had a drink and I haven't drank since. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I would have been able to do that if I had just taken a two week break or a 30 day break. I have really, I love the way I look, the way I feel, the way I vibrate, the gifts that I've given to myself by opening up, by reminding the universe that I am beautiful on my own and that I am smart on my own and I am worthy on my own and I am am worthy of being fit and in the best shape of my life or whatever at 40 freaking five years old. And that is a non-negotiable. I've got this new drug which is the endorphins of just high vibrations, baby. And it feels so good. And alcohol doesn't, it's a depressant. You always wake up with the booze blues. So while I've had a couple of drinks since that 201 days, it is a total reset. And look, I'm drinking my groovy right now, my alcohol-free groovy groovy Mm -hmm. rosé. Because I, you know, I may crave it, but I don't reach for it like I used to. So I have... Um, really cool replacements and options, but that's kind of my story. It was, you know, so many people wait for rock bottom. There doesn't have to be a rock bottom. You don't have to be an in the gutter alcoholic to want to reset your relationship with alcohol. And if more people did that, we'd have probably less alcoholics and less in the gutter Mm -hmm. moments. Um, It takes guts to do it. It's not easy. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And what's very frustrating about it, it is the only drug you have to explain not using. Time and time again, people are like, oh, you don't, you're not, you don't drink. Oh, you're not drinking. Wait, hold on. Is, is, is that hard? Like, so, why don't you drink? Is something wrong? Are you pregnant? Something wrong? Like, Jesus Christ, if I was like, no one would question why I'm not smoking cigarettes. No one would question why I'm not doing meth. No one would question why there's not a heroin needle in my arm. Mm-hmm. Same thing, man. Alcohol is no joke. It ruins families. It destroys lives. And especially as a female watching young females come up. So to hear a 26 year old, a beautiful woman sitting in front of me, um, that is not in that, like that does not play around with it. It makes me so proud of you. My stepson's girlfriend has, they don't drink. And it's like, it's a new, it's a new wave coming around, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. And we're starting to see alcohol free bars pop up and, you know, there's so many other high, high vibe ways to get loose. So, um, yeah, it's an ongoing journey. <laughs> there's so many high vibe ways to get loose. I love you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause I think it coincides with this like new wave of interest in wellness and all the woo stuff. And that's yes. more mainstream. And I will say, you know, I don't, I don't really have a handful of friends who drink, but I would say 95% of the time, there's nobody around me that drinks. Like, so it, it doesn't really come up for me. Like Holy I only, shit. I only ever get asked about it. If I'm like at a wedding or like, you know, some, some place where everyone I'm around, people, around me drinks, dude, everyone, mm. everyone. It's interesting. Well, do you have a lot of entrepreneurs around you? Yeah. Ish now. But these are yeah. all my like homegirls, my, my mm. friends from like, I met them all in college at like yeah. parties. Like we, and I looked at every one of my top 20, like my, well, I would say my top 15 mm-hmm. best, best friends. All of them were every single relationship. And while it's evolved, even drinking on my girls weekend, like the vibe was so different. Like we all, because of my energy around it, mm-hmm. it changed the energy in the room around it. And we had so much fun without it. Normally we'd yeah. sit around a pool and day drink all day, but every one of my friends, I've either met them at a bar or in the event space at a party or in college at a party. Every relationship was really met in and or around alcohol. I mean, yeah. 
So that's makes so it sense, was right? a massive disruptor for me. People were really uncomfortable with it. They still are. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because maybe I should probably do a whole podcast on this for just my listeners. But I mean, I, there are so many reasons why I don't, that it was never, there's nothing pulling me toward doing it. Like I had those days earlier on, I had a lot of things uh, with people around me that I saw that were really scary. And then I had my health issues and I was like, I'm I just not doing this. And yeah. then from there, I, I started my business, you know, when I'm 20 and I'm like high achieving and there's nobody. And when I started hanging out with more entrepreneurs, nobody drank. Um, so I just never even thought about it. And like any parties I went to in LA, they were all like, there wasn't even alcohol. Like everybody, there's like, you hear the, the night, there's a kombucha. Oh, there's like kombucha, yeah, the kombucha and, all uh, that, yeah. and like juices, you know, it was like very much that so vibe. LA. Oh my but God. Then, we never had that. Yeah. And then to, and so it was from health reasons. There are just so many reasons. I actually have a really good podcast earlier on from James Swanwick, who talks a lot about this. And he's like, so anti-alcohol. He's like the amount of like productivity you lose, like how much oh. it, he's like, he's like, as an entrepreneur, like you cannot, the amount of money you lose on it. It's a business um, strategy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then for me spiritually, you know, especially the more I started stepping into channeling, channeling and energy work. I mean, there's a reason it's called spirits. Like, Ooh. <laughs> but people don't realize it's one of the way it's one of the biggest ways that like on a mass scale, our vibration is lowered and why there's so much messaging around drinking, what that, mm. what that does and what that opens us up to. Dude, we got to get you on. Here's another place. We got to get you on a gin and juiced because <laughs> that is a place Amanda and I will bring some people on. Maybe that's an earlier way to have you jump in with us. And we just jam to have like a 26 year old and Amanda and me and, but spirits, there's a reason they call it. Spirit. Yeah. There it's, I mean, there, there's a lot, that that, just there's a lot I could me. say, there's a lot I could say about alcohol, but it's like, just from a vibrational standpoint, I mean, with everything in my life, I mean, most of my listeners know every single thing I do what I wear, the colors around me, the words around me, like we talked about before, everything I eat, it's all, for me, I look at everything from an energetic perspective. It's a vibrational yes. perspective. 100%. And I, I always joke, I would joke, I, I call it, I'm like, I'm addicted to the frequency, like with the energy <laughs> that I, that I work with. Right. And my, a lot of my clients who like have gone through my energy healing certification, they're like, I get what you mean. Like, it's literally like a fucking drug. Like, and I don't do any, I, I, I don't do any drugs. I, I like the amount of times I've done marijuana is like uh, uh, yeah. less than you can count my, on, yeah. yeah I and I've never done plant medicine and I'm not against any of that at all I just like haven't been drawn to it and I go all kinds of fucking places without it uh, and and I'm like you know I can't I don't want I don't want to wake up I don't want to numb myself to my life my life is so fucking high frequency oh, the last thing I would want to do is do anything that would dull my senses does that make sense yes. like it, there's nothing about it and I'm, again, it's not like I have friends who, who do it and I feel like they have really good intentions around it and they, they don't use it to numb out. They, they genuinely do use it to have fun and they have a healthy relationship with it. And then I also have people in my life who have a very unhealthy relationship with it. Um, so I'm not like against anything. That's just my experience. And there's never been same like a pull, like how, how is it benefiting me? And for me, especially with my, the work I do, there's no fucking way like I can channel from where I channel if I have any of that in my fucking system. No. So that's like, <laughs> and we need you doing this work, not that work. Yeah. Don't like, poison the magic. I don't, I mean, it's, it's straight up poison and people don't think about that. It's like, you're straight it's up ethanol. poisoning yourself. Ethanol. Yeah. 
The same shit you put in your gasoline tank. You, it is being sold. And I mean, don't even get me started on advertising and big alcohol. And girl, we got to get you on gin and juice. You Let's said, okay, I decide. That's been one of my favorite things from today. Addicted to the frequency. Why does that also feel like a Chance the Rapper line or somebody lined that? Um, either way, I'm addicted to the frequency. And then there's a reason they call it spirits. Like I needed this conversation today because I've been, I, my post today on Instagram was all about how I had that drink. And I let everybody know we talked about the past because I'm like, there's people following. And I'm like, yo, I had a drink. And it wasn't that great, but here's what I learned and here's what I'm doing. And here's where I'm not at. And here's how I'm resetting. So maybe you're in a place where you need to forgive yourself, but I have been beating myself up. So this is just a beautiful reminder of the, the proof that I'm on the right journey and that there are other high achievers chasing it too. And you're right. I want to be up. I want, I'm addicted to the frequency too, way more than I am the booze. And that's a beautiful place to be. There we go. But you're also like vibing so high that one drink isn't gonna, you know what I mean? Like. Because so much of it is also the energy, the intention behind it's why the you're intention. drinking. That, that transmits it. Numb yeah. To disappear to, because I'm angry or am I drinking to vibrate even higher? Will this glass of vuve or whatever help me vibrate higher? Then let's go. But if not, why? Why? Exactly. Why am I exactly. drinking? Totally. So man, so much good stuff. You're epic. You're amazing. So are you. Uh, My gosh. Can I be you when I'm 26 years old (laughs) in my next life? Well, I hope I'm you when I'm I'm Yeah, right. Good girl. You're on. You are beyond. You are just such a gift. (laughs) Such a gift. Oh my God. You are such a gift. And I'm so happy that we could do this. And we're going to... We'll, we'll have to do more to it come. again sometime. More I need a come. reading. I need to do, um, do the, the, we're going to get you on Jen and Juiced. Um, and then we need to do the, um, the thing. What's it? Human design. Yeah. We'll we're going to yeah. up a call for Human that. Design. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do all the good stuff and get into it. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm going to turn you into a. I'm going to become addicted. Uh, yeah, I've been really <laughs> following you about this. And so I'm ready. You can walk me into your world. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. So what's so funny is like, cause I started saying like addicted to the frequency because it's kind of a play on words because when I first started my blog, which is like kind of how I built my platform, it was called addicted to lovely. <laughs> and so people who have been following me since the beginning, they'll like joke about it. And so I'm like, oh, now I'm addicted to the frequency. <laughs> it's so good. I have goosebumps all over my body, uh, all over. I love it's it. The frequency. So, so it's that addiction to the frequency. And maybe yeah. I'm feeling really called to that because of removing an addiction in my life and, and be now becoming to that addiction, becoming addicted to that. I think it's really relatable. And I think it's something you could teach. Like, let me show you like, oh my God, don't you want, it's like, you wish you could tell people, mm-hmm. dude, do you understand this feels so fucking good. You don't know until you know, right? You, you don't, don't know, know until, until you experience you know. it. That's the and thing. I don't it's even like, do what you do. I can't even <laughs> imagine. I've watched some of your channeling and you'll like sit there and I'm like, watching. I'm like, where did she go? <laughs> and then you, and then it like lets it inspire my day. And you'll say words that I need to hear and whatever it is. And you're like, just, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, oh, dude, Christina, it. it's powerful. So we'll stay in touch. This is just the beginning. Of course. Of course. Of course. Oh my God. Well, I'm so grateful for you. I think this is meant to happen for both of us. And Damn. I know everybody's going to want to uh, connect with you further. So let everybody know where they can find you on all the channels. Yay. Okay. So Instagram's my favorite place to hang out at Judy, J-U-D-I, holler, H-O-L-L-E-R, holler. Pretty easy to remember. Um, of course, this will all be probably in your show notes, but um, my website, uh, if you want to connect with me from uh, a keynote speaking and a book perspective, and then my goodness, uh, House of And, H-A-U-S of 
A-N-D.com um, is, is our incredible apparel line that is empowering people to open the door to possibility. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing there and understand the story, you can peep us at houseofand.com. So... And my podcast, I have a podcast too called Yes And. We're on the same network, which is how Christina and I got to know each other. So if you're looking for another high vibe pod, or maybe you'll tune into Christina on our Gin and Juice series, which we're going to make happen soon. um, Those are the best places to find me. Perfect. We'll put all of the information in the show notes. Judy, you're amazing. Thank you so much. So are you. Back at you, babe. Huge shout out to Judy for coming on the podcast and sharing her incredible energy, all of her knowledge. I'm sure you're going to want to reach out to her and learn more from her. So make sure you check her out on Instagram. Her handle is at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. Her website is judyholler.com. Again, that's spelled J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R.com. Definitely listen to her podcast. Yes. And if you enjoy this podcast, you're going to love Judy's. She is so many amazing episodes. So definitely check that out. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it to social media, tag me, tag Judy. We can repost you. We'll say thank you. It means the world. I love to see when you guys are listening. And if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds. It makes a huge, huge difference to me and the team that puts the show together. So if you haven't already done that and the show has helped you in any way, I would so appreciate if you left a rating and a review. It truly, truly means the world. All right, that's going to be it for today's show. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.